But time passes and it's clear what's happened to a lot of Christians is this, they've just fallen asleep to that, right? So they've, they've fallen into like a secular worldly way of seeing the world. So of course they may still like believe things differently than let's say an atheist, right? I have a different set of beliefs than my atheist friend. But, but the way that I see the world and the way that I process the world is not all that different a lot of, a lot of times um, because we've fallen asleep uh, to God. And so I think if, if, if you're thinking that may or may not be me. Well, I have a few tests uh, for you. Here's, here's things that maybe you could tell if perhaps you have fallen asleep. Uh, you could say it like this. You used to talk with, uh, about God with your friends, but now you never do. Um, I can see myself in all of these, by the way. You used to think about God or even pray occasionally during the day, but now you never do. You used to give God credit for the good things in your life, but now you never do. So of course, like you, like you, still, you still believe in God, right? But the emotion and the passion is uh, totally gone. By the way, I'll just say it like this. This happens all the time in marriages, right? Uh, of course, the Bible talks about um, how, the, how Christians are the bride of Christ. But, this, but think about just natural marriages. My wife and I, we've been married for 10 years. We've been together for 16, if you can believe it. I look so young, Steve. Not that young. Uh, but, but, but again, think about like when a marriage first starts. Can you remember, like all you people who are not single, remember the time you like first started dating this person? How consuming that was? Like you lay your head on your pillow and you're just so over, overwhelmed like with passion and love and affection for this person, right? Can, can you guys even remember back that far? Uh, like, like you're just thinking of nice things to do and you're just like thinking that they're just the prettiest thing in the world. And Jordan used to have an 11.30 curfew. I can't believe how late that was. That seemed so early. <laughs> we go to bed at 9.15 now. Uh, but I remember, but I remember we would be like sitting, you know, like snuggling on the, on the sofa at her, at her, um, at her, her parents' house, you know, and we'd just be like holding hands and we'd look back on the clock and it'd be like 11, 15 and we'd be like, yes, we still have like 15 minutes. And, and then it'd be like 11, 27 and it's like, oh my God, you know, and it's like 11, 30 exactly. I would never leave at 11, 27. Never, right? It was, I always wanted to get like that last minute, right? That it's just so consuming and overpowering. But now, like after you date for a few years and you've been married for a few years, I just wonder if you would be willing to admit that that has a way of going away, right? Right? In, in fact, I can, I can think I made a little list. This is a stupid list, but I, um, I made this up yesterday. Three ways how to ruin your marriage, Here's three ways. Are you ready? Number one is this. Don't communicate. This is a great thing to do if you want to ruin your marriage. Like if the lines of communication don't stay open in a marriage, people will drift apart, right? Not if, but when. Uh, and, and without communication, a relationship 100% of the time, without communication, a relationship dries up and withers away. Number two is this, how to ruin a marriage. Don't notice each other. And for me, as a, as a kind of a brainy, I process the world through my brain kind of guy, I tend to be the worst at this. But, but I'm sure you can imagine the stereotypical husband who comes home after work, hard day, and you know, sits down, and, and the wife has like come and changed something about her appearance. We don't know what, right? And she comes up, and she's just like, well, oh, and that's a danger. It's like, New pants, 
right? You've got new shoes, nails, right? Uh, and she's like, I dyed my hair. Oh my gosh, looks great. But like, but like early on, right, of course, of course you, you recognize that, right? Of course you would, when you were dating, of course you would notice if your girlfriend changed the color of her hair. But now, eh, you don't really notice, right? She's just like your roommate there and you don't look at her that much or him or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That it's just, it just, it just tends to happen where you don't notice each other in the same way. Lastly, number three is this, to ruin a marriage, take each other for granted, um, I, I'm pretty bad at this. I, I will come home, me personally, after a long day's work, and I'll sit on my recliner, and I'll open a drink, and I'm just relaxing, and Jordan will say, like, how does the house look? It's like, oh, busted, because she's been spending all day clean, cleaning the house. I didn't realize, but she's actually rearranged the furniture in the living room. My chair is in a different spot, and I didn't even realize. I'm sitting in the chair, and it's not where it was, but I didn't even realize. Um, not a great habit to get into. Right, because it's just like, yeah, she does that, and it's nice or whatever. But I just don't appreciate it. So think about those three things: don't communicate, you don't notice each other, and don't take each other uh, or take each other for granted. And now think of the scripture, right? Right. Devote yourself to prayer, communicate, being watchful, right? That's number two, and then being thankful, being grateful for each other. And so that it's the same way with the Christian life. Like if you want to throw your relationship with God away, what you need to do is you need to stop communicating, you need to stop noticing, and you need to stop being grateful. And, and things are always changing. That's what I, I'm so amazed. This is, I feel so old when I say stuff like this. Pe- you know, I used to, people used to say this stuff and I was just like, that's stuff old people said. But, but life is like always changing, you know what I mean? And like seasons just come and go. A great pastor friend of mine, he says it like this, life is a river, not a pond. Which just means that, that like it's always, it's never stagnant, it's always moving and it's always changing and that's how relationships are. You know, like me and Jordan, we are not the same people that we were 16 years ago. In fact, this, this coming year, Jordan will have like her crossover year because we started dating when she was 17. So here, this coming year, we will have been together as long as we were apart um, in her life. But, but, but we're totally different. Like I think of who we were when Jordan was 17 and I was like 19. Like we're totally different. But the, but the, the thing is, is that we grew together and we didn't grow apart. And that's not true for everybody, right? But because we communicated and we did our best to not to notice each other and to be grateful for each other. Uh, but if you don't do that, like if you don't keep the lines of communication, instead of growing together as the years pass, you grow apart. And that's how it works with God too. Like, like if, if you're not communicating with God, if you're not noticing God, if you're not being thankful, what happens is you end up growing apart. And of course you still believe, right? Like, you know, I'm less and less impressed by what people believe, honestly. I'm like, I don't know, all these theology things, you know what I mean? But then it never has a way of transitioning into like who you are and the way that you live your life and the way that you actually process the world. I think there's just far too many people that like believe that they're a Christian, but, but it's not like that changes the way they see the world, right? It's, it's not like it changes the way that they actually uh, live their life. So you still believe, but but. If, if that relationship with God dries up, it stops being a part of like who you are at the deepest level to where you, you live a life that's not a lot different than someone who doesn't even believe in God. Your affection for him has a way of running dry. So now like praying is like, ugh. And like reading your Bible is like, ugh. 
and you know, volunteering at church. <laughs> it's like, ugh, double, ugh. especially if it's rainy and you want to stay at home. Um, but it starts feeling like an obligation. Has anyone ever felt like that? That your relationship with God, it, I totally find myself at this place all the time where, where there are times where like, I love reading the Bible. And then there's lots of times where I feel like I'm a pastor, fart. I have to like go read my Bible. Um, but, it, but it starts feeling like an obligation. The, the get-tos turn into like oughts. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, churches know that this happens to you. So that's why, that's why insecure and manipulative churches, they end, up, um, they end up scaring you and guilting you into right behavior. They end up like scaring you into reading your Bible and to praying um, and to volunteering at church because, because that, that just that passion that people have has a way of running uh, thin and drying up as time goes on. Um, and so if you're willing to say like, maybe, maybe that's me or that used to be me, others of you are thinking like, I've never been in that phase and that's maybe coming next. <laughs> life is just that long. Um, life always, there's always a downward pull in a fallen world, right? So like, so like if you don't fight it, that's the direction that almost everything goes. It just, ha- it just is always being pulled down. Two examples, think about your body. Uh, check out this. When you hit 40, uh, you start to lose between 0.5 and 2% of your muscle every year. So yeah, some of you more. Uh, and so you might be thinking, well, well, can you stop that? Yeah, exercise. Um, uh, think about this. Uh, and you might be thinking, 40, I've got years. Listen to this, your brain. When you hit 24, uh, you start losing about 7,000 brain cells a day. Every day. Um, and that's without you know, getting high or whatever. Uh, and you might be thinking, <laughs> double, triple. <laughs> uh, and so you might be thinking, well, well can, I, can, we, um, can, can, can you fight against that? Yeah, by being healthy and get this, thinking. Thinking, you can actually grow new brain cells. Isn't that incredible? Uh, but, but it has this downward pull, right? Naturally, the place that almost everything in your life is going to go is to the crapper, right? Like that's just where things head, naturally. Your brain, your body is absolutely a use it or lose it type of thing. Um, and, and I think it's really, in, in, in a lot of ways, your relationship with God is the same way. I'm not talking about your salvation, right? I'm not talking about, like, if you're not doing anything, like, suddenly, you know, your eternity is at stake. I, but, but your intimacy with God has a way of always going downhill if you're not watching it, right? Like, your, your ability to see God in normal, ordinary, everyday circumstances goes away if that's not something that you think about, and it's not something that you uh, work on. God is the ever-present, always active God. Always, right? He, he's right here. He's here right now, right? And that's always true. There's never been a nanosecond of your life where he's not right here. Uh, but your ability to recognize God is always in flux, right? It's always going up and it's always going down. And I really think, I, I believe this, that, that if that if you were to reconnect with God and you were able to hear him, I think what he would be saying to a lot of us would be essentially this, like, come back, right? Like, I've never left you, but you left me. And so maybe, maybe you're thinking like, you know, if that's me, I've lost my ability to see, I've lost my awareness. 
The answer is right there in that scripture, right? That's our whole scripture. Colossians chapter four, verse two. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful, and thankful. Those are the three keys to getting re-plugged in. Uh, of course, prayer. Start talking to God. And, and, and prayer is not only... Um, talking, it's also listening. Prayer is two-way communication. There's lots of different phrases for that. Some people would say like listening to God's voice. Other, you know, traditions would say like listening to the spirit of God. Don't get hung up on that, but just know that he is a communicative God and he's wanting uh, to talk to you. And so, so that is, if you're wanting to reconnect with him, what you need to do is you need to start talking and you need to start listening. Number two is this being watchful, right? Deliberately noticing the beauty that is everywhere around you all the time. And lastly, uh, number three, uh, be thankful. And this is where I've been trying to do, I'm not great at this, but I'm, but I'm trying to get into this place where I'm just living my life and something happens in my life that I think is beautiful. You know, it might be something with my incredible wife or my daughter or my great family or my great job or, you know, this amazing city, whatever. But I just, something happens and I think it's really great and it's really beautiful. And I'll just say, even like under my breath, I'll just say like, thank you. In just like the tiniest, littlest way, like literally two sentences. But I'm trying to get this connection in my own heart. This is just me. I'm trying to connect the beautiful things that are in my life and in the world with the goodness of God. Because, I, because I'm learning that that's one of the ways where I can connect to him that doesn't have to be in a church, right? It doesn't have to be with a Bible on my lap. If I'm just aware, if I'm just awake to what God is doing, it's just amazing how you can see um, his goodness and, and that awareness of God and that closeness to God has a way um, of coming back. Anyone here ever uh, seen or read the play, um, it's called Our Town? Nobody, my wife had, I was thinking it was gonna be, okay, team, thank you. Uh, so so um, Our Town, it's a play, it's very famous, shows what you guys know. Now I want a new analogy. Just kidding, it's too late. I'm in this one. It's, uh, it's by a guy uh, named Thornton Wilder. It was written in 1938. Um, huge success on Broadway. It even won a Pulitzer Prize for drama. They still do it at like high schools and stuff. That's uh, why I was thinking maybe you would recognize it. But the, the play is all about death. So I was instantly hooked, right? I was curious about it. Um, and the basic premise of our town is this, is there's this girl, Emily, and um, she's pretty much the main character. She dies at 26 years old, giving birth to a son. Um, and so it's all about this town. And, and when she died, her spirit was escorted to um, this graveyard kind of place uh, where that's in, it's inhabited by the other spirits of people who have died in the town. Uh, and so, so she's there and she's with them and she's kind of, you know, they're all together, and essentially Emily learns that if she chooses to, she gets to relive uh, one day of her life, whichever day, whichever day she chooses. But all the other spirits tell her, don't, don't do it, it's too painful. You'll, you'll regret it if you go back. Uh, but she doesn't listen, so she ends up going back. She chooses to relive her 12th birthday. This is 14 years before. And so... Um, so immediately when she gets back to earth, though, the idea and the conceit of the, of the play is this, is she notices that the, that the living don't really live their lives, um, that, that they don't appreciate their life, and they, they, don't, they don't really look at each other. 
right? Because they're just too busy. Everyone's just running around with all sorts of concerns and just, just junk. And so they don't even connect and they don't appreciate like this beautiful gift of life. And this is before cell phones, right? Like this play could be doubly as pointed now, now that everyone's like looking at their cell phones all day. Um, but but she's, she's there and she's watching like a movie, her 12th birthday. And, and there's 12-year-old Emily and she's sitting in a chair in the kitchen and mo- mom is cooking breakfast and the mom is talking to herself about all the different things that she has going on for the day and all her responsibilities. And, and 12-year-old Emily is trying to get her mom's attention. Um, but, but she can't because mom's, mom's just too busy, right? And so, so Emily, the spirit is, is um, looking on at this and, and she tries to talk to her mom. Of course, her mom can't hear her. Um, but, but she says this, I've got two slides. These are Emily's words. She says this, mama, I'm here, I'm grown up. I love you all, everything. I can't look at everything hard enough. Oh, mama, just look at me one minute as though you really saw me. Mama, 14 years have gone by. I'm dead, you're a grandmother, mama. But just for a moment now, we're all together. Mama, just for a moment, we're happy. Let's look at one another. I can't, I can't go on. It goes so fast. What don't, uh, we don't have time to look at one another. I didn't realize all that was going on in life and we never noticed. Take me back up the hill to my grave. But first, wait, one more look. Goodbye, goodbye world, goodbye Grover's Corners, mama and papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking and mama's sunflowers and food and coffee and new ironed dresses and hot baths and sleeping and waking up. Oh, earth, you're too wonderful for anyone to realize. Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it every, every, every minute? And so the point of the play really is, is to just like wake up. That's the whole idea, is, is to like, don't sleepwalk through life not appreciating the beautiful things that you have. Like, oh, I think oftentimes I, I hate this. I hate that this is true, but it seems like people on their deathbed um, suddenly have this moment of clarity of all the special things and like what they couldn't, what they wouldn't do to like relive even just a, another day in, in their life. But like, we're just living these days and they just like, slip through our fingers like sand. Um, and that's the point of the play is to, like, to grab on to your life. Like, because, because ultimately, the, the whole point of, of Emily at 26, like, you just don't know how much time you have left. Right? Like, like you, you, think, you think you're gonna live forever and you think these people in your lives are gonna be here forever, right? And you never know, um, you, like, you just never know how seasons come and seasons go. My, my daughter, I'm not even sure I do this, by the way. Like, I'm not sure I'm good at recognizing uh, life as it goes by, but my, my daughter, she's getting ready to turn eight months old. And that's just, that's like beautiful and horrible. <laughs> All the parents, I'm sure, understand. I just thought like, oh, oh, get over it. But now that I'm doing it, it's like, it's so chilling and crazy to think back in like these photos where there was, she was like so dependent on us and now she's like in this whole new phase of life and it's just crazy how, how like seasons in our life come and go so quickly. I was talking to a friend just a couple weeks ago um, who was really like closing the, closing the book on this huge chapter in her life and we were just talking about how... Uh, Yes, yeah, seasons come super suddenly, but not nearly as sudden as they end. 
you know, and you just never know, you just never know in a season, you're in a season and it feels like it's gonna be forever, right? And you never know when it's like the last blah, anything, right? You, like you never know when it's like, for me and Jordan, we, we were adopting, right? So we had no idea, but we didn't realize that like we were sitting there together, like this was the last meal that we're ever gonna have as just the two of us without a kid, you know what I mean? Like not being parents, but it just felt so ordinary. And just how life can, can come and go. And I, I, I have friends, you know, that have lost, lost uh, loved ones, lost family members, lost friends, you know? And it's just like you, you think back on those times that were so sacred and beautiful, but you don't realize what they mean until, until they're over, you know? And, and just the solution is this, is just to wake up. And, and, and choose to see. And sometimes I feel like I get tiny little glimpses uh, with my wife, uh, Jordan. Like, like sometimes she's just doing something that I find really, nine times out of 10, I find completely ordinary. She's just, she's, she's feeding Grace or she's cleaning the kitchen or she's you know, cooking dinner or something like that. But just every once in a while, I, I feel like I get this tiny little glimpse and it's just, it, it just almost breaks my heart like how um, beautiful and precious uh, this season is uh, uh, of our life, you know? And are there things that bug me about Jordan? Totally. Well, like, I, I'm sure there's not, I'm, are there things that bug Jordan about me? Totally. If you think I'm weird on stage, I'm three times as weird at home. Super weird. So, so I'm sure there's a hundred things that bug, that bug Jordan about me. But we're trying, we're trying to um, not pay so much attention to those things and pay attention to, to the beauty of the life that we're living uh, right now, to find beauty and to cling on to it for dear life. This is a really simple, excruciating message to all you young people. You probably just wanna hear something cool. But, but pay attention to this because you are in a season of life right now that will be over. And, and, so, and hear all the adults in the room telling you, don't miss it. Like, be aware, be, be, um, be present for these moments because they're special and, and, they, and they won't be here forever. Uh, the quality of your life is determined by your ability to notice the beautiful things that are happening all around you. And this applies to almost um, everything. A few examples, again, I've already been talking about them, but you think like married people. If you're, if you're married, if you're engaged, if you're seriously dating in the room, like, hear me, do not take your spouse for granted. Like, note, notice the beauty of your spouse. There, there's something beautiful there. They, these people know almost everything about you and still want to live in the same house as you. That's incredible, right? Like, they, they, and they still love you even though you're totally vulnerable and you're laid bare, um, and don't take that for granted. Make time for those people, right? Like com communicate that you appreciate them. Uh, I, I really think this, re-sparking a marriage, whatever that means, I really think that re-sparking a marriage is just, is just ultimately choosing to notice the other person and choose to notice the, the, the beauty of the life uh, that you live right now. Kids, oh my God, don't get me started on kids. It goes so fast, blazing fast. Again, I thought that was just stuff old people said until I had a kid. It's true. It goes by like that. Like before you know it, they're, they're walking and these seasons just uh, close. My wife and I, we were at lunch today. We went to BJ's 
And Grace is, she's learning her own voice right now. So it's pretty fun. And she's got a super raspy voice because she's getting over a little cold. Um, So we're in BJ's and she's not crying, but she's just hollering. You know, she's just like, ah! And I I used to hate those those people in the restaurant. Be like, are you serious? But now, but now I, I don't even care, right? Like, we're, we're that family, apparently, with the loud kid. And now if, now if someone is over at the other table and they have a loud kid, but they're enjoying it and they're, they're awake to it, I'm just like, that's awesome. But what, but what really ticks me off is that when I see parents that, and there's, the kid's doing something, right? And they're just yelling at the kid and they're just, they're just bugged. And I just want to say, like, you are missing it, man. Like, because you don't, you don't get this back. That there's, there's these times. I was playing, um, I guess two weeks ago, I was playing chess. I have a nephew, Evan. He's seven. Papa, my dad, has taught him to play chess. He's uh, mediocre. That shouldn't surprise any of you. He's seven. So he was super pumped, family night. He was excited to play me chess. Um, and he's not that good. He, he uh, exposes his queen. It's a big mistake. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, he moves and we just go, mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> Move that back. Uh, but... Um, but you know, there will be a time, I'm, he's gaining brain cells, I'm losing brain cells. There will be a time when he'll be able to beat me at chess, right? But just trying to be awake, you know what I mean? Like, I know that this is a simple, weird message. Just being awake to all of those little things, because, because it really matters. Think about friends. I'm trying to hit some of you single people too. Friends, like, like these people don't have to love you right? But they choose to love you. <laughs> They're not your family. Um, and, and just all of the being silly and laughing and being stupid and playing stupid games and like doing a prank when you go through the drive-through, like that's uh, just so beautiful. If you have eyes to see that it's like, those are moments <laughs> that aren't there. I don't do pranks through the drive-through anymore. <sighs> My wife doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. But just knowing all of those seasons are so, um, so beautiful. I really feel like this message is excruciating. Um, but just, just, all, just all of life, you know, like think about the rain, think about the snow, think about like, God, we have some of those incredible sunsets, you know, in the entire world here, you know, but I'm, and I'm trying to not just drive past them. Uh, because I, I just feel like I just don't get a million of them, and so I'm just trying uh, to be aware of it. Dumb story I told uh, to the adults this morning, but I live in the North Valley. Uh, we really like it. We love the wildlife. So there's a lot of birds and stuff uh, hanging out in the North Valley all the time. Well, I always get real concerned. I'm concerned for the animals in the summer that they're going to get locked in the car, right? So I'm always afraid of that. And then I'm always afraid that when it is winter that they're going to freeze outside. And so uh, that's just the kind of guy that I am. So I love moderate weather most of all for the animals. Uh, but, but we have this tiny little bird who has decided that he wants to sleep every night on our front porch. I've got a picture. This is the bird. Yes, he craps everywhere. <laughs> Super fine. Uh, but he would sleep like that, and it's freezing out, and the wind is blowing, and so we were afraid that he was going to die. And so uh, we weren't sure 
So I had the brilliant idea that I was going to buy him a birdhouse. So I go to Petco, I buy a birdhouse, I buy all of the, the nesting, the cotton and all that. I set it out just brilliant, um, and it's so sweet, and we set it, and I, we can't wait for him to show up because we think he's going to love it. Dumb bird will not get in the birdhouse. Um, yeah. At one point, he slept on top of the birdhouse. We've learned that this is a swallow or something that is not going to go into that birdhouse, so it's 10 bucks I'm never going to see again, you guys. <laughs> I don't know. But, but you could miss that. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's just, that's just a, a stupid little trivial thing. But I'm trying to be awake to that kind of stuff. I'm trying to be aware of beautiful things. Yes, in the world there's war and there's violence and there's pain and there's ugliness, but there's beauty too. And the question is, what are you going to see tomorrow? You know, you, like you're going to go to work and stuff's going to be stressful and you have the choice, right? You have the choice on what you are going to see. Um, and this is most, I just think this is most important when it comes to your relationship with God and, and how important it is to just be awake and to see all of those other things, right? We've talked about all this beautiful stuff, um, how all of that beautiful stuff ultimately comes from him. Uh, God is the beauty in all beauty. And God is the goodness in all that's good. God is the life in all that's living. God is the joy in all that's joyful. But that, that only helps you in your relationship with him if you identify him as the source of all that good stuff, right? But if you're just like, yeah, that's cool. My friend's funny, whatever. And, they're, and that ne- they're never, you never do the work of being awake to the fact that all good things come from God it's not gonna help you. But if you can start to make a correlation between the good things that are happening that you're gonna be trying, you're trying to be awake to the beautiful in the world and you're trying to be grateful to God, it will have a way of rekindling um, that love where all of a sudden like praying is not such a burden anymore. Reading your Bible is not such a burden anymore. You're happy. You're happy to talk about God. You go to lunch with your friend and you wanna say something about God right? Versus like, we don't ever talk about God ever, 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 ever. Like that, that will change if you're able to identify the beauty and, and be thankful for it. Okay, so we're going to prepare, uh, prepare for communion. Um, you will only, this is what I wrote, you will only find God in the now, right? Like, of course, you can remember and you can recognize God in the past and you can believe God for the future, but the only time that you're gonna experience the presence of God is in the now. That's the only, that's the only moment that you have. Um, and, and so when you become familiar with the presence of God, um, you can see that like the present moment that might seem in a lot of ways really ordinary is actually really beautiful. I've told you this before, but this is for me what the story of the wise men um, essentially is, right? These, these were not Christian, God-fearing men right? They were some sort of something about God and some sort of like astrology, but they were attentive to beauty, right? They saw the star, they recognized that beauty and they followed it and the beauty led them back uh, to Jesus. And I just think it's amazing how the world opens up to you if instead of just rushing through all the time, uh, you, you're able to find um, the beautiful and really ordinary things. The person sitting next to you, Maybe you don't know them, but if you do, like, like, has it even occurred to you that maybe there's something beautiful there? Uh, and, and 
yeah, just think about that. That's my question for you for communion. What in your life right now is beautiful? Maybe who, right? Maybe who in your life right now is beautiful? And, and when you can't find Jesus, you, you just, you follow that beauty and I believe that that, that will lead you back to Jesus. So find that. So, so the invitation is is this spend a minute as they pass the communion elements think about think about your life think about think about things that are passing by just at like lightning speed right now but just slowing down and seeing it and choosing to be grateful uh, for God for it Uh, what in your life right now is beautiful you guys can go ahead and pass This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. So come to the table. Allow me to pray for you. Father, I come before you tonight, Lord. Uh, on a night like this, I don't even know if, if I'm communicating right, but it's just my heart for these people 
that, that they would that they would see their lives imperfect, you know, and scarred and wounded, like, like all of us, but it's something that's real beautiful and something that, that we need to be awake to. And so I, I pray that you would help them, each and every one of them, that, that, that the eye, eyes of our heart would spring to life and we would see uh, your miracle-working power in everything in our life the beauty of, of relationships and shared laughter and, and kids and family and friends and uh, in, in humor and music, uh, just everything that's beautiful about this world, that, that we wouldn't miss it, that we wouldn't miss it. And most of all, remembering how seeing the beauty of the world would lead us back to you. And so all the people in the room that maybe feel like in a way their relationship with, with you has begun to get a little bit cold and a little bit distant, uh, that, you would, that you'd help them, you'd help wake them up, that the lines of communication would begin to, to flow again. They'd begin to talk to you, they'd begin to hear you, they'd come alive, they'd begin to see the world and see, see your hand in it, and they'd be grateful for you. And that their relationship would start to bubble up with new life and new vibrancy and rebirth. And we say thank you for that. And so, Jesus, tonight as we come to your table, we say thank you. Uh, we remember your death. We proclaim your resurrection. And we await your return. We remember your death. We proclaim your resurrection.